listening to the Living Room North Living Room North Living Room North podcast. If you weren't here with us last week, uh, again, we kicked off a series called No Money, No Problems. And a lot of that was because uh, you have been telling us, hey, can we please talk about money at some point at the living room? Because no one really is talking to you about it. And so we, we dove in that last week. If you're here uh, where we talked about things like, hey, God doesn't want to have your money. He doesn't want to have your money to have you. And, and I talked about the importance of, hey, you guys are setting habits now that will honestly uh, pave a way for your relationship with money uh, for your entire lifetime. And uh, we, we looked at some of the stuff that Jesus was talking about in the Sermon on the Mount and uh, our heart and, 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 and where our treasure is and trying to find it in its proper place. Um, earthly consumption or, or internal investment. And so we talked about total fulfillment really being on the other side of generosity. And uh, we're, we're gonna talk a little bit more about that here in a second. But this is the practical side uh, of the series. And uh, I'm so grateful that several of you submitted questions that were fantastic. Again, just a reminder, we can't uh, uh, obviously put up all the questions that you submitted, but we, we put up some good ones. And, and speaking of good ones, um, I feel like we have two fantastic human beings uh, that are going to join us tonight, uh, one of which is a living room small group leader. Um, the other one, though, is no stranger to uh, our community and our community of churches. And so without further ado, would you please put your hands together and please help me welcome on stage my friends Van and Christy. Hey, guys. Hey. Christy. Van. Right. <laughs> Hello. Um, well, uh, I'm so excited to have you guys here and uh, with, with, with our friends. And uh, again, just a reminder, this is just a, a total conversation. Um, but before we launch into the questions, uh, I'd love to, for you to just introduce yourself, just kind of give a quick taste of who you are and why you're excited to be here. So I'm Christy. I'm a CPA, so I work with a lot of people, a lot of businesses, been in and out of the church world a lot, and I'm just really excited to help answer some questions that you guys have, sorry, um, about money. And that means I'm Van, if you're Christy. Um, I am uh, a newlywed, 28 years. Right. 28 years. Yeah. Um, yeah, Wendy. And answer to uh, husband to Wendy, who is the Wamba Land director here, and uh, dad to two adult daughters. And uh, I've been in the financial services industry since 1999. So um, glad to be here. Nice. Now, Krista, you are Van's CPA. That's correct. Okay. Um, anything you want to tell us about Van and how he really spends his money? I mean. So last week. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, hey, so we're going to just jump into the questions. And again, like we said last week, uh, we're just starting a conversation about money, right? Um, we're going to give you some resources at the end of this. And, and again, these, these human beings are just that. They're humans. They don't pretend to have all of the answers uh, to these questions, but they do have some fantastic uh, responses and, and really leveraging their experience along the way, I think will be super helpful uh, for us tonight. So let's just dive right in. Here was one of the first pro uh, questions that we got. We, we kind of put them in themes. And so we're going to start with the, the budgeting theme. How am I supposed to give, we talked about this last week, how am I supposed to give and save when I'm living paycheck to paycheck? That's a, that's a great question. Anybody relate to that? Any, anybody out there relate to that? Yeah, several people. Um, 
Van, yeah, you looking at people? Well, there's people, there's people behind me. Yeah, I did, yeah. It's hard. They're in the Hi. shadows. They like to stay yeah. in the shadows. Yeah. Didn't want to like, I'm sorry, I'm being rude. Um, this is a question that whether we give a great answer or not, uh, when I saw it, my heart was to, after being in the industry for so long, after growing up in the church, um, there's just a certain level of shame that comes along with money and making these kind of decisions like, hey, I'm really strapped and I, I want to give, I want to save, but things are tight. And I just want to free people from that. Like, there should be no shame ever in your life, um, but certainly not around money. Um, so I wanted to make sure I got that out of the way. But as far as how are you supposed to give and save, you're not. I mean, don't, I, I, don't, I don't think so. If you're living paycheck to paycheck and somebody says, hey, what's your budget? You're like, my budget's paying my bills. That's my budget. And you should be okay with that. Um, if you have a heart that says, no, I want to do more, I want to give, I want to save, then you're going to hear this from me a lot. Google is your friend. I mean, there's so many answers on the internet as far as how to do that. But from a biblical perspective, I would much rather personally lean into your heart um, and, and what God's put on your heart for, to give. Um, if you can save, I want you to save, but not at the expense of feeling shamed into it or guilted into it. I don't know if that was like a direct answer, but. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I'm, I'm excited because uh, there's another question that uh, if we could put up, that if we get to the next question before this picture, because you're gonna, you're gonna showcase a uh, picture here in a second, but same kind of lines here. Is, should I have a budget in college? You mentioned budget. Um, even if my parents pay for a number of my bills. You know, we have people out here who uh, they're, they're not tethered to their parents and some that are, but what, what would be your response to that? That was one of mine, right? Yeah. That was, okay. Um, I, after, I don't know, and Chrissy can speak to this because um, from a CPA standpoint, she sees budgets um, from companies and, and from individuals. And I think we've had this discussion. I don't think budgets work. And if you were to sit down with me and go, I need to do my budget. Like there's a certain sense of dread that comes with that word even. Like budget's not a fun word. And especially if you have it like within a, a married context, it's like awful. Um, and I, I haven't seen a budget um, from what you start with at the beginning of the year work and balance at the end of the year. There's either too much money that came in, not enough, too many expenses, more expenses than you thought, not as many expenses, so they don't really work. And so what I like to walk people through is, hey, can I free you up to spend the money that God's given you? If I said, hey, you wanna sit down and have a budget meeting versus, hey, do you wanna sit down and figure out how to spend the money God's given you? or save the money God's given you, or give it away, there's only three things you can do with it. Save it, spend it, or give it away. So what do you, what's your plan for that? And so 20-something um, years into marriage, having budget conversations and different financial things, we came up uh, through a friend of ours with a bucket plan. And is my wife's wallet the next picture? Yeah. Okay, so if you wanna put that up on the screen. So that's Wendy's wallet, and we have buckets. So when we get paid, uh, everything goes into FC, that's our family checking account. And then we together, as we get paid, it's a very fluid conversation, for the next week or two, how much do we wanna put in the auto bucket? How much do we wanna put in the grocery budget? Bucket, how much do we wanna put in the giving bucket, the home bucket, and the fun bucket? And this is what we do, we just bucket. And when we get paid again, that, what we put into those accounts could be completely different than what we did two weeks ago. And so it's a very, very fluid conversation. It's not a strict, um, 
the budget doesn't allow for that. What happens is if you go to pull out the fun debit card and there's no money on it, can't spend the money until you fund that bucket again when you get paid again. And so budgets can be hard. They're not, I'm, don't, it's, don't you know what I'm not saying? Everybody has a budget on some level. But I would rather approach it, hey, can we, how can we give you a plan to spend the money God's given you, save the money God's given you, or help you give it away? Yeah, that's great. Chrissy, you want to add on anything? Yeah, I would just kind of add to that, going back to, you know, if your parents are still paying a lot of your bills and how do you plan, I like the word plan better than budget, kind of like Dan was saying. But one thing that my parents did for me that I thought was extremely valuable is we went through all the bills that they paid for me and they ended up giving me the money and enabled me to pay those myself. And that was a huge learning lesson for me when I got out of college on how to pay bills, how to pay utilities, what's a deposit, all of those kind of things. So I think that's a great facilitator for you to have a conversation with your parents to really help them help you become a more sufficient adult as you go out of college and have to do all those things on your own. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fantastic. And um, these are, again, they're, they're sharing what's unique to them and uh, you will find with different other people that carry and keep, uh, some people will refer to it as a budget. Some people find that restrictive, so they like to say spending forecast. Um, just more, more palatable that way. Uh, but I remember one of the times that Ellen and I uh, sat across from a financial advisor, you know, they're like, hey, don't even worry about a budget for a while because you don't even know what you're spending. You know, how, you know, so all sorts of conversations to be had there. Um, all right, a lot of you have some questions around savings. Um, again, you're like, dude, I don't, I don't have that much money to save. But again, if we're trying to help you think through that generous lens of, of give, save, spend. Um, here are some of the questions that popped up. Um, again, I, I told you, we, we're trying to take all of your questions, so some of these are just like, you know, might seem random, but they're all important. What is an IRA? Um, isn't that some weird, like, uh, like hardcore cult in Ireland? Um, no, what is an IRA, and when should I start one? Christy? So I guess the technical answer to that question is it's an individual retirement account is what it stands for. But what you use it for is to plan for your future. And so I think the important thing to know about an IRA, or you probably hear the words Roth IRA, um, is it's a vehicle for you to start saving for retirement. And with an IRA, you put money in, you can't touch it until you're almost 60 years old and you pay tax on it later. The thing that you need to know that's different between an IRA and a Roth IRA, especially as a college student, is with a Roth IRA, you put money in and you don't have to pay tax on any of the money that grows um, when you take it out in the future. And so it's a really powerful vehicle for y'all. Um, when should you start one? As soon as you have the disposable income to do so, quite honestly. Um, you guys are in a very expensive time of your life. You're not making a lot of money and have a lot of bills because of school. So once you feel like you have some extra money to save, I would highly recommend getting in the habit of putting some money away for retirement and an IRA or a Roth IRA is a great vehicle to start that. Yeah. And so again, it might be not relevant to some of you now, but it certainly will be in the future. And there obviously are people in this room who uh, maybe they just graduated and they're starting to get into those types of jobs where they do have a little excess and they go, yeah, how should my money uh, work for me? You know, that's something that I had to learn along the way is like, hey, I've got some, you know, some dollars in a savings account, but it just sits there. Um, but how can my money work for me um, even when I'm 
I'm sleeping, you know, right? To, to that point, and just to be a nerd um, on money for a second, um, the, the most you can put in an IRA for 2021 is $6,000. So I'm sure all y'all have that laying around, but I just, I'm using that number just because it was on this question. Um, and, and a lot of, I, I have this conversation with newly you know, people in, that are going into the workforce, maybe they're 25, 30, they're young marrieds, um, or just starting in, the, in their professional career. And I'm like, not to make you feel bad, but at 25, if at 25 years of age, you funded $6,000 a year, every year, into a Roth IRA, or into our IRA, until you were 65, and you got a 6% rate of return, I had to write this down, you would have put $246,000 of your money into that savings account. And at 65, you would have $990,000, so just short of a million dollars. Here's why, if you're in college, if, here's why if you have a job, here's why you can, if you have income, you can do an IRA, you can do a Roth. If you fund that same plan starting at 18, and only fund it to age 35, and you'd never fund it again. You only put in $114,000. And when you're 65, after not having funded it for, I'm from South Carolina, I don't do math, I think that's 40 years later, it's worth $1.1 million. So not to make anybody feel bad that hasn't started, but just to incentivize as early as you can, compounding interest is the eighth wonder of the world, uh, for <laughs> Einstein, so. Um, somebody asked this question uh, about certain type of savings account. They said, hey, do I need a high yield savings account? Like, what is a high yield savings account? How is that different than any other savings account? So a high yield savings account just basically means you're getting more interest than you would in a typical savings account. Generally, if you're looking to save money for a longer period of time, a general savings account or even a high yield savings account isn't gonna be where you're gonna to wanna to invest your money. You're gonna to wanna to invest your money in the stock market, probably mutual funds or something like that, which mutual funds are basically just a basket of different stocks. Um, but that's gonna get you a lot more return, a higher percentage rate on the money that you're getting as opposed to a high yield savings account or something like that. You might get a couple percent as opposed to six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So from a need standpoint, I mean, that's, if that's your question, do you need one? I don't know. I mean, it just depends on what you're trying to accomplish, really. Yeah, totally. And I, I, I would suggest, like, hey, if some of you have a little bit of savings, maybe you have your savings account is at your bank, you know, chances are it's not, it's not a high yield. Uh, there's definitely some outlets that, you know, pre-COVID, you know, we're bringing in somewhere of like maybe 2%. But you, if, you, if you have a high yield savings somewhere, you've probably gotten notices like, oh, well, I know we were at a 2, two but now it's down to 1.5. Now it's down to 1. Now it's down to nothing. Um, but that's only if you really, you have a little bit of a savings, you don't really know what to do with it yet, um, then sure, sure, if that works for you. Um, but not a lot of them are really producing much, you know, right now. Um, okay, another savings question. I love this question. Can I save for things I want and make sure I'm not storing up treasures on earth? We talked about last week, this out of this Sermon on the Mount, like, hey, try to store up things, you know, um, here on the earth, try to store up things um, for heaven, you know, thinking through eternally and not, not necessarily like, you know, earthly hoarding. But how do, you, how do you manage that? Because it is a tension, right, where we want Jordan's, um, do we? I, I I would love a pair. I've never owned a pair, but I would love a pair. But seriously, how can we save for things that we want, but make sure like, gosh, is this, am I supposed to have this? Or how, what would you say to that? 
again, that goes back to your heart issue. I, don't, I, I hope you're not looking for the church for that particular answer to the question. Just that's, that's completely up to you, and that's between you and God. And um, the answer is, can you? Sure. You can do both and either or. I think there's different seasons in life. There are seasons where my wife and I, regrettably to us, couldn't, couldn't tithe. Like we tried to do $20, we tried to do $10. We were just in a season where we just, we just couldn't do that. So we certainly couldn't worry about saving for treasures on earth versus saving for ourselves. Um, and so, you know, I don't know how to answer that question. I don't wanna say yes, you can, no, you can't. I just think if that's really what you wanna do, the answer is yeah, sure, you can do both. I think it's a matter of your heart, you know, the fact that you're asking this question um, means that you're wrestling with it in the first place. And so I think if you're really prayerful about how you're spending your money and how God wants you to spend your money, you'll have peace with what you're doing with your money. And so if you have peace about where your treasure is, then this question kind of fades away. Yeah, fantastic. Spot on. Is it okay to save money for a pair of tennis shoes? Absolutely. Do you want to save your own money and like, ah, I really want to work up to get um, a new car or I really want to get this thing? Like, again, everything I feel like is fine and fair game as long as you're figuring out this filter of like, all right, you know. And there's plenty of social good companies that you buy a pair of shoes, they give a pair of shoes. I mean, there's a lot of ways that you can do both, I think. Yeah, totally. Probably other better answers out there, but the answer is yeah, we can figure that out. All right, some of you had questions about credit. Um, some of you uh, maybe you grew up in households, like if, you were, if you've heard the guy Dave Ramsey, um, I mean, your, your parents are like, Dave Ramsey is a guru and therefore credit cards are evil. Um, some of you uh, believe that, and I'm not gonna challenge that here, but some of you had some questions around the idea of credit and credit cards. Here's one, love this question. What is credit and how does it affect me? Sure. So credit is basically a score that you receive based off of when you borrow money. And so the more you borrow money and if you pay your bills on a regular basis when they're due and all of that, then your credit score goes up. And that's how people determine if you're able to get more money um, in regards to debt. So. It's always a good idea to try and keep a good credit score because that enables you to be able to look like a responsible person to apartment complexes. Um, when you go to buy a house one day, to have a good credit score is a great thing. Um, but that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. It even flows over into different places. I remember my oldest daughter, when she got her first apartment, that was a thing. Like they wanted a credit application, even though she really didn't have any. Um, when you go to get insurance in your own name, that's part of your, what it costs you. So the, the worse credit you have, the, the higher your premiums are gonna be. So do you need it and does it affect you? I don't know if you need it. I mean, if you're never gonna borrow anything, but it does have ancillary um, effect in different places that you wouldn't think of. Um, and so just if we're sticking to just that question, that would be, yeah, it affects you on a lot of levels. Yeah, so when you get to a point and you are putting things in your own name, insurance, uh, rent, car payment, things like that. If you do get a credit card, that's in your name. You know, things like making those payments. If you're late, you're like, ah, not a big deal. I mean, I've been late before on rent. You know, like, not a big deal. But that little compromise, consistent over time, will ding your credit. You can Google this, be like, hey, what are the things that obviously take my credit score down? 
But the reason why that's important, it's kind of, it's out of sight, out of mind. Next thing you know, maybe you want to get married. You get married, you're like, oh, we should, we should buy a house. I really want to buy a house. Well, guess what? They have to run your credit. Well, because of all the stuff that was kind of in the rear view of how you were spending and maybe not great, not paying off things, um, they're like, hey, so sorry, we can't approve you for a home loan. So like, if maybe if you wanted to buy a house, there's all sorts of things that it could play out and affect you. And again, that's an easy Googleable. Googleable? Googleable. Huh. Moving on. Are credit cards bad for you? No. Great. No, they're not bad. Not any different than like Sephora is bad for you or peanuts are bad for you. I mean, there's just like. Did you say we want Sephora? To, Sephora. You know, I'm trying to connect a certain <laughs> demographic in the room. Sephora. Um, I mean, Sephora can be really bad for a lot of people. Um, it's expensive. Um, but. I don't, it, the whole, the reason I wanted to take this question was just around debt in general, um, but credit cards can, or in the big C church can be perceived as really bad and awful because of one old guy um, that has had a lot of talk in the church. And look, nothing's good or bad inherently, and it's what you do with it. And yeah, you can rack up a massive amount of debt with credit cards like that, and then you're really um, gonna be hurting. Um, but you know, when you go to rent a car, for the first time, you, you need a credit card. For the, for the, you don't want them locking up your whole debit account. Um, so there's, there's certain things you could use it for. So th- are there people that shouldn't have it? Probably, are there people that have it and do well with it? It's fine. But I wanted to take a second just to talk about debt in general, because I don't think there's another question around that, right? Mm-hmm. Can I get literally everyone in the room to stand up, including us, and the, if you're, if you if you just stand up for a second. Everybody stand up. Right. And I want, because I want it, again, I know why you asked that question, because if you've grown up in the church, de- credit cards can be bad, debt can be bad. And I just want to give a sense of normalcy to this question. So I define debt as you owe money to someone or something, to a bank, to a person, to an institution. So student loans, credit cards, car loan, mortgage. And so this isn't going to make anybody feel bad, I don't think. But if you have zero debt, you owe zero to anybody, and I know some of you are just starting out, just in college, that's fine. But if you owe zero money, including everybody up here, to no one, you have zero debt, please sit down. Everybody else can sit down now too. But before you look around at how many people have it. And I think there is this sense that I'm the only one that has it. I'm the only one that has student loans. I'm the only one that has credit card issues. I'm the only one that has a car payment. And Again, I don't, I don't want you to feel shame around that or guilt around that. If you have a problem with it, then yeah, seek out. We have all kinds of counselors and money-wise mentors and ways to help you um, through the different ministries we have at North Point. But I don't want you to feel like I'm the only one and that you can't talk to people about it. Until we start normalizing this kind of stuff, it's going to continue to be a stress and an anxiety, and it's going to keep you from living the life God wants you to live with the money he's given you. Yeah. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of different opinions on the credit card. I had a credit card when I was in college. I shared this, I think, last week. I didn't know what to do with it. No one taught me about anything, so I'm swiping everything. Um, I'm like, here you go, there you go. Uh, and, and racked up a ton of debt. I would graduate college with a massive credit card, a um, couple of credit cards worth of debt. It took me forever to pay off. I would actually have, I would struggle paying that off because I wasn't getting a lot of great income at the time. Um, I would go into some delinquent phase. Um, I would have collectors call me it got that bad. So like, if, if you ask me then, it's like, oh man, credit cards, oh, not so good. 
you know, now, I mean, we pay off our credit cards. I mean, I've got, I've got a Costco credit card. I mentioned that earlier. Um, because of the things attached to that credit card and what we buy, I mean, we will then get a, a, a cash, you know, some cash just by swiping the card um, at the end of the year at Costco. So there are some advantages to some and certain credit cards. But yes, it all depends on, I think, who you are um, and, and how you're honestly uh, checking yourself on your spending. So, um, okay, uh, some of you had uh, some questions on taxes, which I think is fantastic because um, uh, I, I'm just gonna tell you like that this next question, I feel like if you were honest, a lot of you would have posed this question and thank goodness we do have a CPA uh, here with us. Here's the question, how the heck do taxes work? <laughs> like, what am I supposed to do? Cut off question mark. What, what am I supposed to do? What, what are taxes? I know we don't have much time. We're gonna be that, here like all yeah, night. Yeah, could you give like the, the mini movie trailer version? So how many of you guys went to your first job and you were so excited because you got your first paycheck and then it was like, half of what you thought it was gonna be. Yes, okay, that's taxes. That's how it works. They take all your money. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> obviously we all know we have to pay taxes and all of that kind of stuff, but what do you need to do? What am I supposed to be doing? What the heck am I supposed to fill out when I go and get a job, all those kind of things? So every year you will get a W-2 from whoever you work for or 1099 or something like that. You have to take that W-2 or 1099 or whatever and do a tax return. If that's all you have, you can literally jump on a million different places online. TurboTax is probably the most um, famous um, software that you can get on, do it for super cheap. And you just punch the numbers in off of there and it tells you if you're getting money back or you owe money. Normally, in college, if you just have a little part-time job, you're gonna get money back. So don't just not do it. You'll get money by doing it majority of the time. But that's what your requirement is, is to just file a tax return every single year by April 15th. Um, and you should get all those documents by like January um, to be able to fill that out on time. Is that sufficient enough? Yeah, that's great, that's great. Okay, um, now we're gonna get into, uh, we, we kind of put these into the, the miscellaneous category. Um, and they're just gonna live here because they're kind of a little bit all over the place. Um, here's the, the first one. Uh, what does APR mean? Um, some of you, you know, have probably seen that on, especially like car commercials, you know, at times, but when things say 0% APR, can we just give a quick response to that? What does APR mean? Yeah, it's annual percentage rate. It's what you're gonna pay annually for the money that you borrowed or what you can earn. So 0% means you don't pay any interest. So the car is $10,000, and you wanna pay that back over 60 months, there's no interest tacked onto that. Um, APR on your credit card, it's gonna be between 14 to 30 something percent. Another reason maybe to not have it if you're not gonna pay it off, because it's a lot of extra interest that you're gonna pay. Um, and so that's, in a nutshell, what, the, what your annual percentage rate is. Okay, uh, here's another great question. Um, when should I try to open my own bank account? Like not under my parents, you know, several of them, they they have had not had a need to have their own bank account, but I feel like that's a, a, a great, honest question. Any thought to that? Who, who thinks they don't have a bank account, but you have Venmo? You have Venmo, you have a bank account. You have Cash App, you have a bank account. Um, I don't think there's any certain age. Um, as soon as you wanna have your own, get your own. It's, again, 
easy enough to go online to do. You really, if you don't want to talk to anybody, you can do that. You can go into a bank and talk to a, a banker, but it's whenever you want your own money and your own freedom for your parents not knowing what you're spending and where um, and separating from that. But I don't know if there's a should, um, you know, but if you're making money, I would think it'd be easier to track what you've made if it goes into a checking account. Yeah. I would just say I think that it's great to have a checking account of your own also that's not specifically watched by your parents. Not so you necessarily can hide things from them, but just so that you can learn to manage your own money. Um, even if it's in small dollar amounts, even if you only have 20, 40, 50 bucks to put in there to pay for food or whatever, it's just great to learn how to manage your own money without someone else's input, even on a small scale. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fantastic. I had a, a checking account, I think, when I was 16, um, and I was terrible at it. Uh, I was terrible at keeping up with it. I was in negative um, at many a times. Um, but over time, like it did, I, I figured it out. So I've had friends that they started early, and I have friends now that are in their young 20s, and they don't have one because they don't have a need for it. So I think, again, it fluctuates. Quick question. Anybody in here never written a check? <laughs> never written never a check? Never written a check. That's a great question. We used to do that in the 1900s. Um, no, I'm just kidding. All right, uh, Van, you kind of touched on this a little bit. What is the best way to pay off student loan debt? Now, I would imagine that several of my friends in here will graduate with, you know, some debt, maybe a lot of debt. Is there a certain way, a best way to pay it off? The a best way, no, um, other than have a plan and be comfortable with what that plan is and own that plan. If, you know, you're, you're going to be in deferment for a certain amount of time, depending on what type of loan you have, um, you know, subsidized or unsubsidized, uh, which is a whole other talk. But, you know, once you get out and they force you to start paying it back, pay it back. Don't, don't wait. Oh, well, it's, it's, I only have to pay the interest. No, just as soon as you can, get on a plan to say, hey, based on what I'm making, I can send X amount of dollars to that. Obviously, there's a minimum. Um, but also, my gosh, um, there are so many ways to hustle anymore, and you'll hear that word. I, I, I use it in a good way. Um, I, have, I had a small group of uh, Inside Out guys uh, that went to college, and man, they went to Goodwill, they'd buy something for three bucks and throw it on eBay for 40. And they, one guy put, his, put himself through college that way, paying, he could take a loan out and then pay it back. And then um, another guy worked three jobs. He was just a machine, but he figured out he didn't want to come out of college without debt. But there are so many accounts out there, and if we get a sec later, we can touch on some of those. Um, but there's, there's so many people between 18 and 25 that are on TikTok, that are on Instagram, that are on Twitter, showing you how to make money to pay this stuff off and do it as quickly as possible. So there's not a best way. If you're going to define that, it would be what works for you or doesn't cause you any more stress than you need to and that you're consistent with it. And do not ever be afraid to ask for help. There's no point. There's too many resources out there. There's, you're, you're in a church that has a lot of resources, whether physically, financially, that can help you and, and get you on the right path if you get behind. But just have a plan that works for you and I think that's the best way. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. Uh, when I was 22, I was graduating college and I graduated with about 15 to $17,000 of debt. And when I graduated, um, I, I would get a, a big boy job, um, just crushing it, making like 20 grand a year. And, um, but I felt like I had more money than I'd ever thought. 
And so here's the thing though, I realize, uh, gosh, I'm not that great with money. I actually, when he said, you know, uh, ask somebody for help, I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm, I feel like this is a secret. I've got all this debt. I don't know what to do with it. And I went and, and a friend of mine's dad who was well off in the community and I sat down with him and I said, hey, listen, I don't know what to do with all this, but I'm just gonna go for it. Could you pay off my debt and I would pay you back with some type of agreement? And he said, absolutely. And then I was, he's like, but my one condition is that you, you leave here, we're gonna reconvene in a week, and you just have a plan for how, what you're earning and like how you're gonna kinda do this and do that. And I showed up a week later and I didn't have a plan. And he said, guess what? I'm not gonna give you the money. And so again, the importance of asking for help, but also, we talked about this last week, we'll, we'll talk about this always going forward, is like, yeah, you, you really do have to figure out and, def- and have a DTR with your money. Um, and so it's super important. Okay, this last question is gonna seem random. Some of you are like, what? But again, we're trying to be you know, mindful that a lot of you took the time to, to write a question and we wanna answer it. So what is equity? Um, you hear it sometimes, you know, every now and again for these you know, human beings or watching commercials, maybe, maybe a house ad, but what is equity? Yeah, so equity is basically just what you own minus what you owe. Normally you hear it in the definition of like a house. Um, you might own a house that's $300,000 and you have a mortgage that's 200, so you have $100,000 of equity. But it is all, it's also true for any assets that you have, so cash or cars or whatever versus the debt that you have, so. Yeah, that was a great, great definition and Thank explanation. You. Way to go, Christy. Gold star. All right, um, we, uh, we're kind of, the, the wheels are coming down. We're about to land the plane. Uh, I'm curious to know about um, just some resources and stuff. I'll share that here in a second. But I love this one question, and I would love for us to kind of end with you guys uh, with this. And this person said, hey, I like Instagram and YouTube. Um, smiley face. Uh, who are the money experts I should be listening to? So we know, we know Christy Lott is one of them. Do not follow me on Instagram, yeah. it's so boring. Uh, yeah, Van Baird loves Sephora. That's a great Instagram follow. No, but seriously, who, who should we be paying attention to? I'm gonna, I recognize the irony in what I'm about to say as a 50-year-old white dude. Don't listen to 50-year-old white dudes. Like, you guys have plenty of that in, in this country and in this world, and there are so many young, aspiring females, people of color, they don't all have to be old white guys telling you what to do with your money and you know, yelling at you on a radio show. And so there's, you know, there's plenty of platforms out there that have given people a voice that have gone through tough times financially and they've worked their butt off and now they're sharing it with other people. And there's just different accounts. I don't think we have these on the screens. Um, there's, um, she's the same on Instagram and on TikTok. It's called Her First 100K. And she, she, she is not about to follow her. Oh, that's She's awesome. Great. Thank you, Sydney. And uh, she is not about the patriarchy. And it's really kind of cool to see like what she grew up in and what she's deal- dealt with and how she's kind of helping other women um, with, with that. I think she's awesome. Um, uh, there's an account called, um, Where'd it go? Oh. Nope, my screen just blanked. <laughs> Embarrassing. I know, so come on. Um, literally broke blog. 
On Instagram? Wait, wait, broke block? Literally broke blog. See, blogs oh. are these things on the internet. Oh, do tell. That um, people do write tell. about. So literally broke blog. Um, deeper than money. Deeper dot than dot money. Um, she's awesome. Um, she's got a faith background, uh, but she's just, again, helping a lot of people with their money. Um, and then Humphrey Yang um, is on most every platform. He's got a great YouTube channel. Super practical advice across all, and a lot of the questions that came up today, he's answered them. And he's pretty fun, he's pretty engaging. Um, he's great, and one more, the humble penny. The humble penny. Um, and I guess I can give these to you later and you can yeah. get oh, them yeah. out and email or something. Um, but there's, there's so many, I, I've got plenty on here, but um, Google's your friend, you guys. Um, there's so many questions that you can have answered that way. So many fun and interactive um, influencers out there that are been broke, they're, have been successful and they're sharing their wealth of information and uh, it's just a matter of you know, being disciplined enough to, to seek out that knowledge. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, Christy, anything to add there? Resources or? Anybody? No, yeah, all van. Got it, got it. <laughs> well, um, we are going to say uh, goodbye to these two. Guys, thank you so much for your time with us. Very grateful for your wisdom. Thank you.